0: Sex is important to God. I mean, after all, the Bible begins with a naked and unashamed married couple living in paradise with the instructions to be fruitful and multiply. It's also important to note that if left unchecked, sex can become a place where selfishness invades. And when it becomes all about me and selfishness, that will destroy this beautiful gift that we've been given by God. Welcome to the final episode of No Porn Marriage. I'm Dr. Greg Smalley in the studio with my wife Erin. During this series, we've addressed the pain that pornography causes, but it's also so important to remember that sex within the context of marriage is an amazing gift from God.
1: It absolutely is an amazing gift from God, and I can't think of one thing within our culture that has been more skewed. And so that has to tell you that the enemy is definitely after sex, and what it really is in true intimacy, what that really is, tells you how important sex is to God and how important it is to your marriage. It's a gift that has been given to you in your marriage to truly bring that oneness and the intimacy that comes as a result of sex. There's nothing that glues two people together more than sexual intimacy and strengthens that bond, that oneness within our relationship. Physiologically, oxytocin is released and that soars through our systems and actually glues us together. And so it brings that close connection, that deep emotional bond that we long for. I know that there's times when we feel disconnected and there's nothing like experiencing that because then the connection comes and it's important to continue to fight for that and to pursue that.
0: Well, God's word for sex is yada. He uses that in the Old Testament, which means to be deeply known not only is it bonding us together, but it's the way that we can experience the deepest way of knowing each other.
1: That is so true, Greg, and I'm so excited to hear from Focus on the Family's president, Jim Daly and a conversation he had with my dear friend, Dr. Julie Slattery and Linda Dillo, and they founded the Christian ministry, Authentic Intimacy. This is a ministry that helps us as women approach sexuality in a healthy way in our marriages.
2: Women have a lot of power in this area, uh, in the relationship. Uh, I think men can be reduced to little boys when it comes to this, and we act out in ways that are unhealthy. But women really do control, I think, a lot of the power when it comes to sexual intimacy in marriage. How can a woman better use that power?
3: I think you're right that women have pride. And I think some of that pride... Sounds like this. He just cares about the physical. Mm -hmm. But I'm into the emotional, which is far more important, and into the spiritual. So he just needs to become more like me and care that we really connect emotionally because he just wants these exciting feelings. And um, Julie did some research about a hormone called oxytocin that we tell women about because it helps understand. Tell them, Julie. Mm -hmm. Well, basically, oxytocin is a hormone in both the male and female body that is called the bonding hormone. It makes you feel close. It it almost gives you rose-colored glasses. And God, in his wisdom, gives young moms tons of oxytocin, when they're with their babies so that you're bonding with this child and you're you are willing to change diapers and things like that. So as women, we have oxytocin in various amounts through our body all the time. And it's really powerful when it's mixed with estrogen. So if Linda and I are spending time together and we're having deep conversation and uh, having coffee together, we're going to get oxytocin. It's going to bond our friendship. Now, guys don't get much oxytocin in their body. Uh, except for right after sexual intercourse. And so their bodies become flooded with this hormone that bonds them to their wife. And all of a sudden, he's more patient with her. He feels close to her. And I think He, he wants to talk to he her. He does. And he doesn't mind, okay, what are the things you need me to do this Saturday, that sort of thing. And when guys will say to uh, their wives, I feel close to you when we're sexually intimate. The woman thinks that that's just a line, like he's just manipulating. Mm -hmm. But the research is showing that that is true. That is when your husband feels emotionally the closest to you. It's powerful.
0: Well, that's such a great reminder of how God designed sex to connect us with our spouse. So Aaron, let's talk about how can men and women both pursue each other sexually in a marriage?
1: Yeah, it's so important that as a woman, as a wife, as a mom. You know, just recognizing that sometimes there's things that get in the way for us. We want to feel emotionally close to you before we have sex, but yet the truth is we're going to feel emotionally close if we have sex, but often there's things that are challenging to us. You know, with women with small kids, they've been hung on all day by these kids are exhausted. They have, you know, spit up running down their shoulders <laughs> See, and they're... kids
0: are destroying our marriage <laughs> is what I hear you saying.
1: Well, the truth is, it can make it challenging. You know, as as a young mom, you know, I didn't feel super sexy and attractive. And so it's important to recognize there's things that we can be addressing within our own hearts to prepare us for this experience. You know, or maybe you're in the season of your hormones are shifting and maybe it's a monthly hormone shift or maybe it's perimenopause or menopause. It's worth going in and addressing these things with a physician and working through this. Or maybe it's just that your heart's closed and, you know, maybe it's painful memories. Maybe you were sexually abused as a young girl. And it's important to go in and address these issues because this is a gift in marriage that's worth fighting
0: for. Erin, I appreciate what you're saying because essentially you're saying as the individual, we need to look and make sure that we don't have maybe some barriers or some things that are right, keeping us right. from enjoying a great sexual relationship with our spouse. You know, I love to talk to guys specifically about how do we continue to pursue our wife sexually? Cause I hear guys will complain, you know, oh, she's just never interested. She always seems to have a headache about 9 PM at night. I mean, whatever those things are, I like to be real frank with the guys and say, God has showed us how to pursue our wives by the way he created our bodies. In order to have sex, a guy must initiate an erection. Sex is not going to happen unless there's an erection. The word erect means to build something. So when I'm talking to guys about sex, think about that, that we are to initiate, we are to build something. So why not initiate building a great pursuit of our spouse outside the bedroom. If I want to pursue you sexually and enjoy sex with you, Aaron, it is so important for me to remember that I need to be initiating, building an emotional relationship with you outside of our bedroom.
1: Absolutely. It's so important. As women, we want to be pursued by you. Outside of sexual encounters, we want to be pursued with physical tenderness outside of the bedroom. So, you know, those little rubs on the back, the little handholds, the looks, the sweet moments that you can share within just between you and your spouse are important. And it's also showing up and initiating around the house and with the kids. And that means the world to me. And that leads me down that path towards sexual intimacy.
0: Yeah. And a part of that pursuit is learning our spouse's love language. So let's turn to a conversation that Jim Daly had with Dr. Gary Chapman. Of course, he's the author of the book, The Five Love Languages, where he teaches us how to use those languages to pursue our spouse. Specifically here, he's talking to Jim about how men can learn to be sexually unselfish. And talk about
2: the natural uh, selfishness of men. Uh, again, we mentioned it last time, but uh, we as men, we we can be very selfish in this area. And I've talked to friends, and perhaps I've even acted this way myself. You know, if we don't um, end up with that dessert, <laughs> we pout, we are um, disgruntled, and that comes across in the relationship. And then the wife feels wounded and hurt. And that makes her feel bad because she's looking for emotional intimacy. Talk about that vicious cycle that can occur Mm -hmm. where the man's not getting physical intimacy and the woman's not getting emotional intimacy. And they are using it as daggers toward each other.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Often the natural behavior is when our needs are not met, we complain about it. And so he either verbalizes it to her or, as you say, he withdraws from her or she knows something's going, going on in him and he won't acknowledge what he's upset about. Uh, and so they grew further and further apart. Again, that's why communication is so important in the marriage relationship that if you don't feel the relationship is where it needs to be, then verbalize that, but not in a condemning way. Often the best thing you can do is ask questions rather than making statements Hmm. and say, honey, uh, where are you in this area? Uh, I know where I am, but where are you in this area? How do you feel about this part of our marriage? So she begins to talk, and in that you listen to her, listen far more than you speak. Then you can share with her where you're coming from, because until you hear where each one's coming from, you can't address the issues. Mm-hmm. You you just live in the cycle you were talking about. Yeah. Uh,
2: let me ask you this: in terms of that emotional intimacy, that again, so many wives, and I don't mean to generalize. Uh-huh. I get it. But um, so many wives are looking for that emotional intimacy. So you start off, you want to be a good husband, maybe like um, Dr. Kevin Lehman talks about uh, sex beginning in the kitchen, meaning do these things for your wife. That can sound a little manipulative to a wife uh, if she understands what you're after. Um, Some have even questioned, you know, whether or not that's going to motivate a physical response from your wife. But in that context... I would say the difficulty I have felt at times is I, I start with that intention, which is a good intention. I want to hug my wife. I want to, you know, give her gentle kisses. I want to hold her hand. I want to talk with her. But this impulse takes over <laughs> and it's that, you know, wow, okay, is this going somewhere? How, how do we, what mechanism can we use as men to say, okay, now stop there. You're doing great. Don't go if it's not lending itself to yeah, that moment, yeah. don't push it to that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah,
4: yeah. And I think what we have to do is to recognize that every physical touch, husband to wife, should not lead to sex. I think
2: men, though, I th- and again, maybe yeah. I'm just feeling that often men, we may not even start with that intentionality, but it is almost everything does lead to sex yeah. in a marriage. <laughs> mm-hmm. If we touch their hand, that excites me. Yeah. If I give her a kiss, that excites me. And it, it, so we've got to discipline ourselves is what I'm hearing I you I think say. so.
4: Yeah, I think so. We have to say to ourselves, if every time I touch her, I'm moving towards sex, then she's going to draw back from my touches eventually. And touch may not even be her love language. So what I need to focus on is speaking her love language. And then many times I'm going to touch her, a pat on the back, a hug, and a kiss on the cheek, that's not moving to sex. Then she doesn't get that idea that every time I touch her, I'm trying to get her to bed.
2: Yeah. Uh, Let me build on that because I think in some relationships where there's been wounds or emotional hurt in the past, for whatever reason, it may not have been around intimacy, but all of it included. um, How about a a relationship or a wife who's been wounded in that area, how a husband can gently help her uh, overcome those past wounds. Yeah. Um, whatever they may have been.
4: Yeah. Well, I think there are many, many wives who have those kind of wounds and a husband doesn't necessarily know that, you know, maybe she didn't even bring it up in when they were courting. It can be embarrassing yeah. and tough. Yeah. Or maybe she brought it up and he just thought, well, that's the past. That's not going to affect us, but it does affect us. Mm. But I think time that in any area of marriage, it's not moving in a positive direction. That's where one of you needs to bring up the idea of, look, I don't know how you feel, but I'm willing to go get some help and I would like for you to go with me and let's go talk to our pastor, let's go talk to a counselor, or let's go to a class at church that's being offered and see what we can learn. And you take that initiative to offer something and you step out toward it. Even if they don't go with you, you take the initiative and go on get the thing started. Mm. Because things do not heal simply with the passing of time.
0: Well, what perfect wisdom from Dr. Chapman that things don't heal simply by the passage of time. So Aaron, talk about why is it so important to work with a Christian counselor? within this process of really rebuilding trust and rebuilding the marriage after pornography.
1: It's so important, Greg, because I love that statement as well, that it's not gonna get better unless you dig in and address it. Awareness and understanding of what's gone on both individually as well as within our marriage specifically around sexuality. And if there's been injuries to the connection, we've gotta address those. We just can't bypass them. So it's important to go into a Christian counselor, into their office where the goal is to create a place that's so safe that hearts are more than likely to be open and we can dig around and with curiosity figure out what's gone on, what are we each individually bringing to the table, and what's the history in this marriage? What are the patterns within this marriage? What is How's conflict handled? How do we trust? How do we communicate? So it's important to look at that. But then also within the safety of a, a Christian counselor's office, you're more willing to take the risks of trying something new. Learning new communication patterns, learning how to talk about what really is going on underneath these reactions and these behaviors that we're presenting because really underneath there, there's a whole lot more. And so it's amazing to watch couples in my own practice go there and talk about the fear of being rejected and how painful that is. The other person usually doesn't know that's what's going on. So it's important to dig a little bit deeper and figure out what is it that we can do to grow closer together? Because I can promise you that each couple is a longing to be connected. Even if there's been pain and hurt through the healing, they're longing to return to that place of connectedness.
0: I love what you're saying, because when we're courageous and when we go in to see a Christian counselor, we're training our marriage, that it's okay to talk about these difficult subjects. And I think looking back on our marriage, part of what was missing was me really being honest and vulnerable when I would experience temptation. Mm -hmm. So long before I would turn towards pornography you know i was being tempted in some small ways and i hadn't learned how to really bring that up i was so concerned that it would hurt you so bad that you would shut down or get mad at me and we'd be in a big fight i didn't know that actually by me sharing just temptations with you that that would draw us closer together and i think that's one of the best things that i learned when we went in for counseling is that it trained me that this was actually a really good thing, that we can have these conversations. And our counselor taught us how to do that in a safe way. And that's exactly why we exist as a ministry. If you're struggling with trading God's gift of sex for pornography, we have Christian counselors on staff right now who would love to talk to you. That number is 1-800-A-FAMILY. Again, that's 1-800-A-FAMILY. And don't forget to visit our website at focusonthefamily.com slash NPM. That's the letters N, P, and M. On there, you're going to find articles about healthy sexuality and our free video series, Discovering God's Freedom from Pornography. All of that and more is available at focusonthefamily.com NPM. We so appreciate you joining us for the No Porn Marriage Podcast. This has been Dr. Greg Smalley. And for my wife, Erin, and everyone here at Focus on the Family, thank you for joining us.